Welcome to Quick Brain, bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity. I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to do it. I know Kung Fu. Show me. Have you ever wondered why addiction seems to be perfectly logical to an addict? The answer lies in dopamine. It is the chemical of desire that always asks for more, more stuff, more stimulation, more surprises. It is the source of every urge, practically. It is why we seek and why we succeed, why we discover, uh, why we prosper. Yet it's also why we uh, gamble and maybe make reckless decisions. So how do we better understand and leverage this tool? That is the focus of this episode. Welcome back, Quick Brains. I am your host and your brain coach, Jim Quick. Our guest today is Dr. Daniel Lieberman, MD. He is a clinical professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at George Washington University. He is the co-author of the international bestseller, The Molecule of More, which I'm holding if you're watching this on YouTube, How a Single Chemical in Your Brain Drives Love, Sex, Creativity, and Will Determine the Fate of the Human Race. Wow. In this episode, I want, I want to chat about how dopamine shapes our desires and what role does it play in addiction. Dr. Lieberman, thanks for being on our show. Thanks for having me, Jim. Dopamine, as a lot of our listeners know, is a neurotransmitter, one of what dozens. And people think about dopamine, usually they think about pleasure, right? But according to your research, it's, it's more than that. And so maybe we could start, you could explain what dopamine is and how it affects our, our body. And obviously our brain is part of our body. You're right. Most people think of dopamine as the pleasure molecule, the molecule of sex and drugs and rock and roll. And dopamine can feel very, very good when we experience it, but it's a certain kind of pleasure. It's a pleasure that is focused on the future. Dopamine really has nothing to do with the present moment. It's always about what's possible, what's new, what's more, what we don't have now. And so we get hits of dopamine when we anticipate something. It's that feeling of excitement, of interest, of feeling alive. There is a wonderful quotation in the book, Winnie the Pooh, of all places, that I think characterizes dopamine so well. Christopher Robin asked Winnie the Pooh, what's your favorite thing in the world? Pooh is about to say eating honey. But before he does, he thinks that there's a moment just before you start eating honey that's even better, but he doesn't know what it's called. And that's dopamine. It's the expectation of some kind of a reward. So this expectation, this anticipation is, is a, almost a bigger... A, quote, unquote, high than actual, the actual experience of that, that activity, that task, that reward. I think that's true for most of us. Hmm. The satisfaction we get when we accomplish something or we get something that we desired is a very different kind of feeling than the dopaminergic anticipation of it. And I think that in the culture we live in, we're really trained to focus on the dopamine, the anticipation. Uh, what what do I need that I don't have now? What do I want? And we focus a lot less on that feeling of satisfaction that we experience when we get that thing that we worked for. 
And that's a problem because what it does is, is it leaves us chronically dissatisfied, chronically striving and unable to enjoy the things that we work so hard for. Interesting. And so, and I want to relate this to addiction in this conversation, but what role does dopamine have in in motivation? Really, dopamine is the basis of motivation. We, we do things because we want something. Um, we do things based on desire. And dopamine really is the neurotransmitter of desire. There are a lot of... Uh, debates. Uh, you look online and people listen to our podcast and read our work just because they like some clarity and some you know better understanding. The debates about addiction either being a, a choice or versus uh, an illness. How do you navigate the this complex discussion and what role does dopamine play here? Well, as the saying goes, embrace the power of and. Um, it's both a choice and an illness. You know, the essence of addiction is craving, and we all know what that feels like. It, it, it's really kind of a terrible feeling because we feel a little bit like we are out of control. And craving, in a very real way, reduces free will. It doesn't eliminate it, but it makes it harder for us to make free choices. You know, we all know you wake up early on a cold winter's morning, you crave more sleep, and most of the time you're going to get out of bed. But uh, if you have the opportunity, maybe you won't. You're on a diet and somebody brings in cupcakes to work for somebody's birthday. In some sense, you have free will to say no. And yet we often say, yes, I'm going to eat that cupcake in spite of the desire we have to lose weight. And so addiction is a medical illness insofar as drugs have rewired the brain so that people are constantly experiencing craving for things that are unhealthy, whether it's a drug or whether it's a behavior. But it's also a choice because people, people, addicts may not be able to choose not to use their substance when the rubber hits the road and they're experiencing craving, but they can make a smart choice to get into treatment. Um, we often say overcoming addiction is not about being strong, it's about being smart. And that's actually one of the questions we had. We have a, a program called Quick Success. Uh, a lot of our listeners are part of that community. People can find out at quicksuccess.com. It's our monthly where we have a book club and we talk about new content, uh, practical strategies to improve your brain performance, your productivity, your learning abilities. And so when we're thinking about addiction, like an, an addictive behavior, maybe it's uh you're addicted to your digital devices, or it happens to be a gambling you mentioned, or sugar. Looking through the lens, the dopamine lens, why is it so hard to quit an addictive behavior? And can you ever fully recover from that addiction? Yeah. You know, in some ways, dopamine signals value. The more value we anticipate getting, the stronger the dopamine hit. So, um, if you've done a good job and you're expecting your boss to pat you on the back, you're going to get some dopamine. On the other hand, if you're about to get a major award, you're going to get a lot more dopamine. Now, let's start with chemicals, addictive drugs. What addictive drugs do is they artificially stimulate the area of the brain where dopamine is released. And this artificial stimulus hits it like a guided missile. And the amount of dopamine released is far more than one would get from regular behaviors. 
And so when we see addicts, you know, maybe they're homeless. They, they've given up their family, their friends, their job, their home, their savings, everything to use their drug. From the outside, we say, oh my God, that seems so irrational. Um, why on earth would somebody choose to do that? But from the inside, from the point of view of the strength of the dopamine release, that's as rational as perhaps me giving up seeing a movie to do an overseas trip for my business. Dopamine is telling me that one is far more important than the other. And when you get with addictive behaviors, that whole system gets scrambled and people make very bad decisions thinking that they are good decisions. So let's talk about decision-making. So the anticipation of a reward, it seems to play a, an important role in decision-making. So how does the anticipation influence our ability to maybe resist that temptation or make choices that are more aligned with our long-term happiness, well-being, particularly in the context of of addiction recovery, but we could cover a, a wider ecosystem. There are more than one dopamine circuits in the brain. We've really been talking about the most primitive one, which I call the desire circuit. Mm. And that's one that makes us want things. It gives us motivation. It's also the one that gives us pleasure when we anticipate getting something that we want or we need. That's an ancient, as I said, primitive circuit. But there's a more sophisticated one. Uh, that is um, stronger in humans than in any other animals. And instead of being deep in the brain, like the desire circuit is, uh, it goes to the frontal cortex, the most advanced part of the human brain. And I call that the control circuit. Okay. Now, all dopamine is focused on maximizing future resources, whereas the desire circuit gives you the motivation, the energy, and the desire to push towards it. The control circuit in the frontal lobes enables you to plan. The desire circuit looks just a few seconds or a few minutes or a few hours into the future. It's, I want it now. It can lead to impulsivity. The control circuit, on the other hand, looks much farther. It says, well, yeah, I, I want to eat that second donut, but is that really going to be good for me in the long term? It can also help us achieve our long-term goals in other ways. It's, it's the circuit that gives human beings the ability to reason, to abstract, and to control our behavior to keep it within social norms. So it's a much more sophisticated circuit. And in, in many instances, it's in conflict with the desire circuit. The example I just gave, I want the donut, says the desire circuit. No, you better not do it, says the control circuit. And it's the same with drug addiction. Now, the control circuit may say, hey, um, step away from that social media. It's not good for you. But the desire circuit might be much stronger and the control circuit fails. What the control circuit can do is it can do an end run around the desire circuit and make plans. So you might install some kind of a filter on your phone that only allows you to be on social media for 30 minutes a day. You might work with um, a friend uh, to support one another, not to use it so much. Um, that's being smart. And that's really the most effective way to overcome a maladaptive desire circuit. So one of the questions we had in Quick Success was, is there a healthy amount of dopamine we should be having daily when we're, you know, harnessing the motivational power of, you know, people talk about cold plunging and the dopamine 
spiked lasting for X amount of hours. We hear a lot online on social media, people going on a, a dopamine detox. What are your thoughts on that? I don't think dopamine detoxes are very useful. And the reason is that they tend to be short, but the brain adapts very, very slowly. Mm. Right. There's that legendary 10,000 hours to master a new skill. And that's because the brain changes very, very slowly. So if you detox from dopamine over the weekend, I I don't know, you might feel good about yourself. It might have some benefits, but you're not going to be resetting the dopamine system. Uh, You really need to do that for uh, months at a time in order to make a difference. Wow. And then if you, you, you go back to your dopamine activities, uh, the the switch back to where you were happens very, very quickly. Uh, dopamine induces uh, what we call tolerance. Um, you know, if you have a heroin addict, uh, a small amount might get that addict very, very high in the beginning, and then 10 times the amount a year later does almost nothing. And that's because the dopamine circuit is only interested in, in things that are new. And so if you keep feeding it the same thing, it stops responding. So maybe we could give people who are listeners an example. If they label something, one of their behaviors as an addiction, we could, you could give the example. What are some things that they could do keeping dopamine in mind to be able to mitigate that impulse yeah. or that desire? So let's start with the easy ones first. Um, the first thing they can do is try to put together strategies to minimize craving. Once craving starts, the battle is almost lost because you get into this horrible debate within yourself. Um, Think about uh, setting your alarm clock 30 minutes early so you can wake up and exercise. If the alarm clock goes off and you jump out of bed, you've won. But if you start debating, if you say, geez, which is better, the exercise or more sleep, it's game over. You've lost. So what you need to do is you need to put strategies in place that will avoid experiencing the craving, experiencing the debate. Uh, With alcohol or junk food, it's get it all out of the house and make sure you have other things to reach for when you feel the urge to drink alcohol or eat junk food. With addictions, you can't just say no. You've got to have things that you say yes to. All right, I'm not going to use social media. Instead, I'm going to call my friend. Uh, I'm not going to use social media. Instead, I'm going to go out for a walk or I'm going to work on that woodworking project. You've got to have alternatives. Um, Otherwise, you're just sitting there with nothing to do. The craving is going to come roaring back. So having a replacement or some kind of building intelligent alternatives that that, that are healthier for, for you could lead to to greater levels of long-term, would you say, happiness or fulfillment? Yeah, fulfillment, but really success in overcoming this addiction. Now, I, I do want to say that for most people, this is not going to be enough. Okay. And so I want to take it to the next level. Are you a high achiever constantly seeking that next level of success? Welcome to the Quick Success Program. It's a deep dive and support system to master your life and scale to new heights in personal and professional achievement. Included is our exclusive monthly book club, where we process transformative ideas from amazing books to level up your learning and your life. We also bring the author to the club to answer your burning questions. 
You can also participate in monthly live coaching calls with me where your questions meet my decades of expertise. Simply go to quicksuccess.com, that's K-W-I-K success.com and choose the plan that works best for you. It's a level that most people don't want to go to, but um, eventually you realize that you have to go there. And that is um, reaching out for help with other people. Uh, Dopamine is perhaps one of the most powerful forces in the human brain, but there's one that's more powerful, and that is our social instinct. That's why when people go to addiction programs, uh, it's usually a group therapy format. And people resist that. Uh, They say, no, 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 no. I want privacy. I want anonymity. I don't want to share with other people. The problem is that dopamine and addiction is so strong that you really have to bring in these social circuits in order to overcome it. And so despite the shame, despite the desire for privacy, for not wanting to burden other people or share your problems or the embarrassment of saying, hey, I can't control my behavior, that's really your quickest route to success. You say to your friend, hey, I'm having problems with this. Can, can we be a buddy team? Can, can you look out for me and, and make me accountable to you? Or if you've tried a lot of other things and nothing has worked, reaching out to a professional and enrolling in some kind of a therapy program. Yeah, I have this. I, I wrote a book called Limitless, and I, people ask, "How do you become limitless in a limited world?" Well, it's we do it. We do it together. I love this discussion because part of having a more limitless life is is a reminder that we have a, we have a level of agency. And, uh, and more control. And there's a quote in my book that says, life is the letter C between B and D, where B stands for birth and D stands for death, but life C stands for choice. That uh, these difficult times, they could distract you, right? With every like, share, comment, whatever. Um, they could diminish you or they could develop you. But ultimately, we decide with those choices. And I love this conversation about how dopamine could affect our, our decision-making and our executive functioning because it just reminds people that we have more influence, um, that we don't always, that we don't have to be perceived as, as reacting or at the effect of things. Uh, Dr. Lieberman, we're talking about the molecule more. Recommend that if this conversation appealed to you and resonates with you to get a copy. Where can people get a copy of the book? It's Amazon, Barnes & Nobles, and uh, all the major booksellers. Fantastic. And if people want, and we'll put the links always, as we always do in the show notes at jimquick.com forward slash notes. How can people stay in touch? My website is danielzlieberman.com. Perfect. We'll put that in the show notes also as well. Um, I'd love uh, for our listeners right now to, if you feel like this episode was useful to you, then share it with your, your friends, your family members, your, your followers. I think we learn things for two reasons. You learn it for how you could personally benefit, but you also learn it so how you could help others. Because, you know, as we're having this conversation, when we're talking about everyone's highlight trailer on social media, it's a reminder also that everyone is fighting battles that other people don't know about, right? And uh, it's so important. And I think knowing yourself and how we work is a fascinating, especially when it comes to the brain. Your brain doesn't come with an owner's manual. So part of our show is, is showing people uh, simple ideas to have better understand, have the self-awareness, introspection, uh, but then also be able to, to apply those things. And you gave us uh, so many different things and ideas and tips and to be able to make their lives uh, 
uh, better. So th- I want to thank you, uh, Dr. Lieberman, so much. And I want to have you back on the show to talk about uh, your other book also as well. That would be fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you, everybody who tuned in. I want to remind everybody that on YouTube is where we put the extended version of our show. Uh, you could join our 1.3 million subscribers there. Uh, if you've got value out of this, you can take a screenshot of uh, wherever you're consuming this episode right now. Uh, you can tag us on social media so we get to see it. I'll repost some of our favorites. I actually have a couple of copies of this, so I'll gift out a couple of copies uh, as a thank you for just, uh, I think knowledge alone is not power. It has the potential to be power because power when we utilize it. So if you take some action on it, um, we want to really reward you for applying what you know. So uh, Dr. Lieberman, thank you again. And everyone who's listening, uh, until our next episode, be limitless. <laughs>